0: They came to Mm -hmm. my house when I, uh, when I had, when I got my second time, I got kicked out of high school. When I fought, I fought somebody Mm because she was having sex with my boyfriend. I wasn't having sex yet. So, I mean, I get it, but (laughs) I get it it right. But at at the same time, don't be my friend. Don't be in my face. And so, uh, yeah, I fought this chick and we left because I actually jumped her. Actually, it was like me and some other girls that we, and I was kind of petty, you know. Mm -hmm. Jumping is petty. Yeah. You either fight or fight you or fight. right, or you leave it alone, but don't bring your crew. And after I left, they came to my house. The police showed up at my door and took me in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been that way where they can arrest you. They will take, and I was only, it's what, usually, 14?
1: Yeah, I've seen it more with teenagers. They're talking about six- or seven-year-old kids, though. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Like, you on the playground, you get to pushing, somebody throw a punch, you under arrest six like that's we have whole armies we have MMA we have boxing we have football players we are taught we teach our kids we show them violence every day Yeah. and we don't we say things like violence is never the answer but then we bomb countries we fight wars
0: and that's all they're hearing on the news that's That's all all they're seeing on TV
1: your president is a fucking bully who talks tough every day he said he's gonna send the feds into Chicago he said if Mexico doesn't get their drug problem under control he's going to send our troops into another country yeah but you kids better not fight what a fucking mixed message shit is that
0: i think about my niece or not even my niece she's my little cousin's daughter and you know i look at the i look at where they came from so my cousin whose daughter had a baby is in jail he's in jail for 30 years plus life so he's, you know, he's, he's life home. plus 30. Yes, I said that backwards. He's yeah. Home. He's yeah. never coming home. I mean, he's been in there since I was shit, probably 11 or 12, something like that. He's, so he's weird, yeah. yeah, damn near 20 some years. And uh, his daughter is 20. Like she went in when, he, when she was like six months. Mm-hmm. That's when he went in. So she's been raised without a father her entire life. She was raised by his mother. And now she has a child. And her child is bad as hell. I'm talking about, I was over there the other day getting pictures of like, you know, when we were younger and her daughter's throwing shit and just, you tell her no, and she's like, no. And then she? she's, uh, she just made a year. And she, like her mom like tapped her hand and was like, no. And then she hit her back and was like, no. And I'm like, I was like in shock, but at the same time, I get it. Yeah, like man. I get it because- they don't know. You don't. It, it absolutely. They don't know any better. They don't know how to tell this child, like, okay, let's try to figure this out in a nonviolent way, right? Let's do some time out, and and then the same thing is, it's like not even about, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's not even about the time out. It's more so about just giving the example of we don't do this to each other, well, but if do. but we do exactly. Yeah. So if her mom already thinks like that and they're fighting amongst each other, that's what that child is also seeing.
1: That, well, I mean, I, I realized the other day that my wife and I—I I was talking to Drew Freeze, and he was like, I was saying that um, there's been a study done that says middle-class and upper-class children, by the time they're four, have a vocabulary of twenty times more words than lower-income children, and it's because in those middle-class and upper-class homes, the parents are generally both there, and they communicate with each other. And in single parent homes and in lower income homes, both parents are rarely there at the same time.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Hey, what is up? It is Kelly's Talk, and I'm here with my co-host, Balonius Monk. What up? What up? In a building. In a building.
1: In a building. In in, in a a building.
0: We are in a building, just by ourselves in this big, huge building.
1: It's a big building. We got security
0: downstairs, though,
1: so we safe. In case y'all run up. Don't run up. up.
0: Don't run up. Yo, yo, yo. So, uh, man, it's been a lot going on. Beyonce got twins.
1: You yeah, about that? yeah, I uh, I had to send my, my wife a text immediately, just saying no, so she knew
0: that y'all not following any steps. That's yeah, not
1: where we at with it? No. I know,
0: right? I wonder what she gonna name them? Poison?
1: No, we're not doing this. No, poison ivy. Poison ivy. No.
0: Well, I thought she was gonna name them possibly uh red and white.
1: i hope they name if one of them's a True girl. American. i hope they at least name one of them Brooklyn, because Jay Z promised us he was gonna name one if they had a daughter. He would name him Brooklyn Carter, and he didn't do that. He did he say blue. that? Yeah. When did he say that? Uh, Hello, Brooklyn. Oh, in
0: his rap song. Yeah, but that was prior to Beyonce, wasn't?
1: it? Nah, they were together. Oh, were they? Yeah, they got they've been together since two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, they've
0: been together for like fifteen years. Yeah.
1: So he, I mean, I feel like you owe us, whole.
0: Yeah, you better name that baby Brooklyn. Well, it's a girl. It's gonna be a problem. Either Brooklyn or red, white. No. Uh, I mean. No. Blue. We're not doing red, no red, white, and
1: blue. I we guess if Hillary
0: would have won, we probably could have did that, but with Trump he in could, office. Yeah,
1: with Trump in office, I think you gotta change Blue's name. I don't know. You gotta change it to like a Sada or something. You gotta make her a, a full fledged like
0: Yeah, Blue seems to uh Yeah.
1: You gotta name one of these kids like free. Stokely Carmichael and H. Rap Brown or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Name your
1: kids after Black national. No, don't do
0: it. Don't, yeah. Don't don't, don't, don't set them up for.
1: Don't do it. They for already have a harder
0: time in this society that already doesn't give us a pass. I took my dad to see fences last night. I, uh. How do
1: you enjoy it? How do you enjoy it? He,
0: he said it was good. He was like, oh, man. You know, but you know, my dad is, I feel like my dad's a narcissist. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't think that he, he thinks he's perfect on every level. And, um, I took him to see it so that he'd see like daddy this you, low key, G. like this is He didn't relate. This is you. Like this is did you not see yourself in Denzel? Not at and all. he was like, Oh, that was a great movie And I'm like, No, nah, no, nah, that's not the point I was trying to make. I trying, like I
1: was trying to subliminally let you know, <laughs> man. You was you violent.
0: This is you. Like my dad wasn't as hard as him. I will say that. He wasn't like I don't my dad has always made sure to let me know he loved me. But my dad was definitely that you know, that might have Stone. just thought that
1: you wanted to compare him to Denzel because he's, you know, amazing. Just that great. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, no. You know what? I I do remind myself of Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Hell I am.
0: to the no! Hell to the no! <laughs> nope, that ain't it, Daddy. You got the wrong message, son. It
1: uh, um, happens. Yeah.
0: Man, you know, I saw Thirteen mm-hmm. too this weekend um, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. the first time, the the movie uh, directed by Ava
1: DuVernay, the amazing Ava DuVernay. She's
0: very good, yeah. very good. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed by that film, and it also made me angry. <laughs> it was a very yeah. angry film. Made me so mad.
1: It's one of those things that makes you angry because of the content, and then you become angry because you feel like we should have known. Yeah, already. That's where I <laughs> was like, why
0: didn't I know this?
1: Yeah, people talk about uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, freed the slaves, and what he really did was make it so that you had to go through some more loopholes to get slaves but you could still get them yeah you just had to arrest them first yeah and then you start looking at the disproportionate rates of black and brown people who are arrested and you realize slavery didn't go away it just morphed into this even the so, yeah.
0: sentencing on certain types of drugs, like sure. crack, you know, merited like 15 or 10 years or something. Black and Yeah, but uh, cocaine, powder cocaine, which we would not have anyway because White it's drug. super expensive. Right. was like a year. And it's like, what? hell? it's the
1: same thing with heroin. Heroin used to be a real big problem in, in certain parts of the country, but it was black parts of the country. If you went to Harlem in the 60s and 70s, heroin was the original crack. You talk about Frank Lucas and all of those guys that they talk, the movies were made about. They were selling heroin, and so they were locking them up. Now you see a guy like Philip, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who had an overdose of few Yeah, years ago, he
0: did die from that. And
1: they started to realize that opiates were a big problem in the white community. Now you start seeing articles written about, we need to find a way to treat this. Drug problems aren't, you shouldn't criminalize the drug addict. You should, wait a minute, we've been telling y'all that for decades. Like, how is it a problem that needs to be locked up when black people get high? But when white people get high, we need to treat it.
0: It's always been a mental health issue. It's, it's always, always been a, been a way of coping issue. with whatever is going on in life. And it, even with the fact that marijuana is considered a Schedule One drug, it's right. insane to me. That's on the same level as heroin.
1: It's on the same level but as heroin. But yet it's
0: considered a medical Thing that can help out people like me who have multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. or other people that have cancer or, mm-hmm. you know, and or it's even like, people who
1: have certain types of mental uh, issues that they can't calm down, they can't relax. They the anxiety, have di- anxiety yeah. issues. Marijuana has a bunch of medicinal uh, properties, but the problem, again, there is the same problem we've had along the lines. You, you can find a doctor or a scientist that will lie on your behalf if you put enough money in their pockets. And the tobacco industry put enough money in a scientist's pocket for him to say... Marijuana is more addictive than Than yada, yada, yada. Truth is, cigarettes are as addictive as heroin. Cigarettes are, but they're legal in this country.
0: And a marijuana can be become can become addictive if you rolling it in blunts because that's tobacco. You know what I mean? Like I had to realize that I was like, when I was like, oh, I need a blunt, yo, let's go smoke a blunt. I realized that I was smoking. Yes, Mm -hmm. it was the tobacco that was making me want it so bad, and I was like, hold up, I gotta stop this.
1: (laughs) marijuana is, and the reason they make things Schedule One is because technically they're addictive and they don't have any medicinal properties. Which isn't true about, about marijuana, marijuana at all. We know that. But nicotine, on the other hand, is extremely addictive. Like I said, 25 times more addictive than uh, cocaine or marijuana. But it's a
0: so legal the damn show.
1: over-the-counter drug. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it Man. isn't like we saying it's all a setup and there's some Grand conspiracy, but the way things fit Bullshit. together. it's a conspiracy. Hey, I was just saying the way things fit together, you can you don't have to call it a conspiracy to see that it needs to be fixed.
0: Honestly though, even though it may not be a conspiracy per se, I have noticed that this country was not set up for the survival of blacks. It was nah. not set up like that. And I'm I'm starting to more and more I learn, right, watching thirteen mm-hmm. and seeing just my own family being affected by that. Mm-hmm. My cousins were in and out of prison Constantly now, I ain't gonna say my cousin that's in jail for murder, right? He's you know he has third uh, life plus thirty, mm-hmm. and as much as I would like to say like no, he ain't did it, no, that nigga did it, like yeah, you know what I'm saying, it. he did it, he did it, he had a witness, it but was we're done. We're talking
1: about we're talking about policing behavior after the behavior has become a problem. Exactly. Versus what can we do to prevent the
0: problem in the, the, problem in the, first, in the first place? place. Right. Yeah. There's an
1: article in uh ooh. Uh, I want to say it's in the Washington Post, but I can't remember exactly where I read it this week. But it's about the poorest uh, white town in America being uh, b- voting for Trump. And their reason for voting for Trump is they think he's going to bring jobs back. But what I also noticed about that was all of the same problems you have in what they call the inner city and black neighborhoods they had. They had high unemployment. They had high drug use. They had no prospects for jobs. But this is seen as a problem that needs to be fixed. So they started in the, in the 80s, they built Habitat for Humanity homes for this neighborhood. They have drug programs in this neighborhood. They have uh, job training programs. They have shuttles that take them to areas an hour away to make sure that they get jobs. If that were a black, and they don't, no one is telling them, well, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's your culture that's causing you to be unemployed. It's your culture that causes you to get on drugs. But right. if that were a poor black neighborhood, People would say we need to send the feds and we need to tear because that because they're up. just fucked
0: up people. They're just fucked up. It's people. It's just in their genetics, right? right? So and they and they definitely try to try to
1: criminalize blackness. Yeah, try to say <laughs> that it's, it's
0: it's it's a genetic thing, but we all know that it's not. We all know that it's not genetic. If that's the case, there will be no great blacks, right? Right. If we were genetically wired that way, like Obama.
1: Well, the, what I you mean, how was how
0: how is Obama Obama if? genetically all blacks are
1: Mm -hmm. and it was on cnn by the way the article i was in cnn cnn CNN. but uh yeah no what i learned from obama was that as good as you can be as a black person you'll still still be called nigger and once i figured that out then you stop caring what these other people think you can't change their mind with an argument yeah you're just not going to do it and you start confusing you get confused like donald trump would tweet during the midst of a crisis, during the midst of all the problems that America has, Barack Obama is playing golf on taxpayer money. Well, just this weekend, Donald Trump spent $3 million of taxpayer money to play golf and promote his businesses. This is the same guy people go, well, he's a hypocrite. He's not a hypocrite. He honestly believes what he did is different. And the reason he believes what he did is different because every president spent taxpayer money on vacations, playing golf, playing going overseas, doing whatever they did, but they did it with taxpayer money. Why was it a big deal when the black dude did it? And the reason it was a big deal when the black dude did it was because he was a black dude. He wasn't supposed to be the president. He's not supposed to leave this country. You're lucky we let you in here. You're lucky we gave you a job. So now that you have it, don't spend any of our money.
0: That is so true. It is about the perception. And and a lot of people think that, well, when you do it this way, it's different from when just, I mean, even if you go on a scale, a small scale, right, of cheating, when men cheat, mm-hmm. it's because they're men. This cause I was I was it ain't nothing. I was just horny. I was just, you know, right. I needed some ass and you weren't giving it to me. You was being selfish. But when women cheat, it's like, oh no, you 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 went out emotionally on me. You went and got with this man and you care about him. That's control. And and it's it's like a completely different but it's not our government. Is that not what it's, that it's is? A, it's all control. It's all it's control. control.
1: It's uh we're talking about a quote. I was talking about the quote this week from uh James Baldwin. And James Baldwin was asked if he was, you know, excited about the prospects of this country or not. And he said, well, I don't, you know, I don't call myself, uh," he said, first of all, I'm glad you asked that question. I hate that you had to ask that question because um, I'm not an optimist. I mean, I'm not a pessimist because a pessimist would mean I have to die. Like if I think it's not going to, no matter what, I'm not going to make it. I got to go. He said, so I'm internally an optimist, but also white people need to ask themselves. They need to search their hearts and figure out why they need niggas in the first place. Because if you call me a nigga, I'm not offended. I'm not a nigga. I'm a man. Right. But that challenges what you think. So you have to ask yourself, why do you believe niggas are necessary? And that's an easy answer. Niggas are necessary because white people needed to feel superior to these creatures that they were enslaved. You can't enslave people, but you can enslave niggas. Right. And it's the same thing with women. You can't treat women poorly because they're humans but you can treat whores poorly so if i call you a hoe now i don't have to treat you well anymore because you don't deserve it if i call a, a man a faggot i don't have to respect him anymore because he's no longer a man
0: and see that's so fucked and that's all up. about control that's so fucked up because a whore a faggot a nigga, whatever. He's a made up at the term. end of the, at the end, yeah, they are made up terms. And at the end of the day, regardless of what you call them, they're still human, they're and they still, they're still suffering from the same. We all suffer from the same shit.
1: What's well, the same thing with the, word, the term to, illegals? I grew up yeah. my whole life. I'd never heard the term illegal. How how the fuck can a human being be illegal? And then they said, well, it, they're <clears> here illegally. Bitch, you here illegally? If you are in America and your name is it fucking Blackfoot cheap, whatever. We all illegal. You're illegal. <laughs> Ain't nobody invite you to this motherfucker. You didn't go through the immigration process. you here illegally and fuck this motherfucker up and then got here and said now can't nobody else come in here and fuck this motherfucker up. So there's no such thing as an illegal in the sense that that's just some ridiculous shit to say. But tangibly in, in real life, yeah, there's such thing as an illegal because these are people who are being abused and treated poorly. So we create these fucked up terms not because people are fucked up or the people that we're talking about are fucked up, but because the people who created the terms are fucked up, they need to feel superior. They yeah. need to be in control. And that's they the only time you do,
0: that's the only time you, like haters, right? You right. only hate when you are uh, inadequate, when you're not right. doing anything in your own life to keep you busy and occupied. Mm-hmm. You need to hate on people that are busy and occupied. So you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And why he doing it like that? I would do it differently. Well, if you would do it differently, go do it differently, do it man. Differently. Don't hate on what they're
1: doing. You open up talking about Beyonce's, uh, saying she was pregnant. A lady wrote a whole article about her pregnancy pictures talking about it made women who had babies feel bad.
0: Oh, my God. I did not see that, but that's so fucking what? stupid. Why does Beyonce pregnancy pictures got anything to do with the rest of the pregnant I mean, women in the world? if that's the
1: case, I wish all these model dudes would keep their fucking shirt on. It makes me feel bad <laughs> for not going to the gym. I know,
0: you know all, the these, all these baby-less bitches out here with their yeah, stomach out. I got stretch marks, damn it. Tiana
1: Taylor. <laughs> I, you know what, honestly, Tiana Taylor's uh, pictures baby picture should have been more offensive than anything Beyonce has ever done because two weeks after Tiana Taylor had her baby, her stomach was tighter than mine is right now. I ain't had zero babies. I've had zero babies. This half got a six pack. I ain't got a no pack and I ain't had no babies. That's you shouldn't show that. Right. What about America's children? What about the body positive? <laughs> exactly. And that's the bullshit man. Fuck it get to the gym if you don't like her body. If you don't yeah, like your man. body, hit the gym. If you if you do if you like fuck it, I'm not going to the gym then let these people fly. We're fly, so caught up
0: on other people and what they do and think and feel that we can't really embody what we do and think and feel. We don't know what the fuck we feel. Yeah. We don't know what we what our opinions are. We just latch on to whatever opinions sound good at the moment Reaction. and we flow with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's a saying, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And Absolutely. if you focus on what you're doing and what makes you happy, it doesn't have anything to do with anything else. Someone asked me about, uh, one of my homeboys is out in L.A. right now, Dave, is out in LA right now, and he's Dave doing this. Thing. Shout out to Dave Hellum. Uh and the guy said he said I know it's probably hard watching your friends do stuff, you know, out in LA while you're still in Chicago. I,
0: no, I, I, that hadn't <laughs> crossed. That, that was
1: a funny thing, like that hadn't crossed my mind. Oh, I was I'm so excited for my homie to be doing shit, but then it hit me. I'm like, damn, is that how people feel when I went? Dude, are they upset when I win? Because if so, fuck y'all, do your thing. You know what I mean? If I'm in New York on TV is every one of my friends pissed off because they're not and that's not how do you live like that like i don't give a fuck what you my You friends know what we're built to way. hate
0: each other though we're, we're, we are we uh, are me and my dad was talking about this last night he was like the problem is not them the problem is us mm-hmm. and and in that, that way, that's yeah. so real because we for one we think we need help we think we need the assistance of others as far as like the government yeah. as far as uh monetarily Everything we think we need it. Second of all, we don't support each other, and because we don't support each other, anything we try to create fails. We need the support of each other in order for things to grow. Like you were saying last week with the um, with Jewish right, Mm -hmm. and that's how they were able to Mm -hmm. build. Is because
1: all of those communities, they 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 built.
0: Yep, they built each other up. We don't have that at all, even in especially in an artist community. Like we're getting, I've seen us to get better in Chicago. And maybe that's because I've changed my mindset.
1: Yeah, who you're around.
0: So I've changed the type of people that I, right, that I deal with. Mm -hmm. If you're not supporting me and you're not giving me a reason to support you, then we need not be collaborating on anything because I don't want to be here just constantly like a a damn crab pulling each other down left and right.
1: places, there's this weird thing where there can only be one. Like when Kevin Hart started to rise to prominence, people were like, well, he's not funnier than Cat Williams. Motherfucker, who cares? Now and we like got two, two completely different
0: watch. comedians. Well,
1: well, who's better? Mike Epps, Kevin Hart, Cat Williams. Who gives a fuck? i pay money to go see all three of them. Exactly. Who cares? And this there can only be one thing is bullshit. Everybody get busy. If you can make somebody laugh, make them laugh. If you make great art, make great art. If you're a good musician, I don't care if Beyonce can out this person or that person. If both of them make good albums, I'm going to get both fucking albums. Right.
0: Prince and Michael Jackson Prince were very good artists. And Michael Jackson. <laughs> I had all
1: of their shit from the, the the 80s, 90s and beyond, but you can be, there can be more than one of anything and there always have been and this bullshit, well, I, I only go to that one because they're better than that one. I can't support that bullshit. You know, you either go I wonder or if that stars
0: is is. is what does that come from? Does that come
1: For us, it from comes from childhood? having limited opportunities. I think for us, it really comes from having limited opportunities and the expectation limited that black exposure. can't be Yeah, black can't be great, so when one does, He's an outlier. We can't allow there to be a bunch of good black people because yeah, then yeah. you're normal, right? He's,
0: he's the exception to the rule. He's
1: the exception. So we can only have one exception. But if you have 10 exceptions, then, oh, shit, maybe black people are capable. And you don't, you don't want that. You don't, you know. And, and Chicago is such a unique place because so many black people have come out of this motherfucker winning, even even yeah. in comedy. Yeah. Lil Rel, Dion Cole.
0: Uh, D. Ray Davis. D. Ray Davis.
1: Ron Funches is from fucking Chicago. Oh, like I didn't the, know that. The variety, the Corey Holcomb. The, the, right, so you got Corey Holcomb and Bernie Mac, and yeah. then you've got Hannibal Burris on this end. And so that means you've got mainstream comics mm-hmm. who've won, and then you've got super urban comics who've won, and then you got all of the space in between, and they've all made a name for themselves yeah. in this one genre. Yeah. Proving that there can be way more than way fucking more one in one town. Yeah. And so, yeah, when people say, oh, you ain't going to make it, I'm just like, no, you're not going to make it. I'm fine, fam. I'm good. Yeah. Get better. You're sick. I think it's a sickness. So when I say get better, I don't just mean get better at your craft. I mean get Get better at your health. Get get better
0: at your (laughs) mental health. (laughs) Get get, get better. Because mentally, the more and more we grasp at other people's uh, success trying to make them failures, the more we fail ourselves, the more we create failure in our lives.
1: You spend a lot of energy.
0: Negative energy.
1: On, on <laughs> what somebody else is doing. You can't be focused on what you're doing. You can't. You can, you, you've You. got 24 hours in a day. So if you spend three of them worried about what everybody else is doing, that's three hours you didn't spend on being better at whatever it is that you do. Which one of those two things is going to actually help you succeed? Tearing that other person down or building your own self up? Now, does
0: that come from childhood? That's what I'm wondering. Where does that stem?
1: Absolutely. It comes from childhood. For us, it comes from, you know, we compare our kids
0: we mm-hmm. don't do it on purpose, yeah. maybe, but we
1: definitely compel you. Why you can't be like your sister? Why can't you be like your brother? Your brother gets good grades. Why can't look? Your brother and your sisters are different. All three of them. If you had two brothers and sisters, they're different. My daughter plays piano. If my son doesn't want to play fucking instruments, I can't look at him like he's a failure because he wanted to play soccer.
0: Yeah, he just has a different interest. You
1: know, he's an artist. My daughter doesn't draw very much, so she's not an artist that way, but she's a musical artist. My son might want to write fuck comparing them. They can both be amazing at, at whatever, different shit.
0: At whatever they want to do. Yeah, my daughters are very di- They're very different. One has um, turquoise-ish blue hair. She loves Japanese anime. She loves to write poetry. And her poetry, real talk, uh, is dark as fuck. Like, I'd be like, shit, like, am I a bad parent? Did I ruin you? Like, <laughs> what should she be saying? Right. Be, be, but it's not even coming from a place like that. That's just the way that she, when she looks at TV, right, she'll re, she'll write a poem about something she's seen on TV that made her think in a certain direction. Right. And I'll be like, God damn, that was dark. But she's like, well, it wasn't dark because I'm dark or that I'm feeling a certain way. It's just dark because this particular film that I was watching or this show that I based this poem on was this way. But then my other daughter is a socialite. You know, she goes to all the varsity basketball games. She gets all the Jordans when they come out. Like, that's on her Christmas list, you know? And she both wants-
1: of them are valid.
0: But they're People. they're great kids. They both graduated valedictorian and salutatorian of the eighth grade. Like they are doing well in high school. They still both get good grades, but in their own way, with yeah. their own personalities and their own friends and their own ideas. And we don't try to tell them they have to be one way or the other right. or more like their sister. No, we let them be individuals and find their own individuality because I think that is one of the biggest things that have held black people back is not knowing who they are and their own opinions. We're stuck
1: trying thinking,
0: yeah, we're, we're stuck trying to figure it out, trying to fit in and we're stuck believing that we are our parents because our parents Ooh. have put, they have instilled such deep,
1: deep from
0: yeah, such deep seeds in us that we're like, I'm like this and I'm like that. But the, th- the crazy thing about it is, most of the times when our parents are telling us these things, they are trying to tell us this so that we won't be that way.
1: They're trying to—they're trying, they're trying to, to save keep us from.
0: Yeah, but they're—they're they're actually making us just like that. Us.
1: Yeah. Well, my mom, my mom told me I was just like my dad, and it was supposed to be uh, a learning lesson. But she's basically trying to tell me is don't be like your dad. But what she said was you're just like your daddy. So this is self fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? Like I spent a lot of time in my life. Subconsciously trying not to be my dad, yes reality is we have very similar personalities. that doesn't mean we're going to do the same things. I'm not going to get one woman pregnant, and another woman pregnant a month after that, and then sign over my rights to both of them because my dad did it, but we both are going to be comfortable in a room full of people and both going to be comfortable by ourselves. We have the same personality, shit the old, I get my laugh is like his,
0: yeah,
1: but choices I still get to make choices you still, I still have get the to right
0: make, to make your own choices right yeah. I get to
1: have the right to make my own choices, so these. My mom told me when I was growing up to watch my mouth cuz these white people won't gonna let me. And I don't remember what she said after that. I just heard these white people won't gonna let me and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I ain't worried about what somebody's gonna let me do. That's a really weird way to live your life. Yeah. Based on what someone is gonna let you do because you've given them the authority to make choices for you. No one gets to do that for me right and no so no one gets to do that for do.
0: anybody but if you think that that's what then your you're going do. to yeah and, and our parents do think that that I remember when I first started stand up comedy my mom, a, comedy, my mom was segregated
1: like, america so in her mind white people could
0: when, yeah let when,
1: you or not let you do shit
0: my mom told me when i first started comedy she was like um She's like, I don't know why you, uh uh-uh. uh. I don't know how you're going to do that. You better get a job and keep taking care of this baby. You can't go out there and just think you're going to be able to make it. And, you know, and her mindset was really strong on I could not go out there and do that. I could not go out here and, it was and perform. And it was her way of protecting me. Like, I have to make sure that you're okay, that you're able to take care of your children and that you have what you need in order to survive. But I'm like, would you rather me be happy than broke?
1: We weren't allowed. Oh, would you rather me I be? I don't think they were allowed to be happy. Yeah, I really that's don't very think true. that they they were told to be safe first, right? Because don't you had sundown towns still in the 50s, 60s, and something, even into the 70s in a lot of places. And a lot of people look at Chicago like it's a big city. It's not like that. But most of the people who live here who are black came from Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky. and migrated north, right, in mm-hmm. Kentucky. And so these are people who grew up in these sundown towns. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you know, I wonder when I first, sundown. sundown town means if you're caught in this place after the sun oh, goes down. Then it's going down. And
0: yeah, there's still okay. some places
1: like that in Missouri right now. So when you grow up with that mindset that there are parts of town that you're not allowed to go, I wondered when I got here how come more black people didn't live on the north side. Not that it's a more desirable location, but it just seemed weird to me that everyone lived on the south or west side. I it was, was very like, it's a big in ass. And then it hit me. White people weren't making them do that anymore. This is just.
0: We ingrained in it's us.
1: ingrained in us that you don't go that far because it's not safe, one. Two, uh, as much as black people will emulate white people in certain mannerisms, like you'll hear people say, if you want to be successful, be like them white people. Save your money. Spend your money here. Do this. So you are safe." And your words. And non your <laughs> words. But then if you do that, you also have a group of people who will be like, man, you're trying to be white. You're a sellout. So you, the black people have lived in this space where happiness isn't a thing. Yeah. We don't deal with happy. We deal with safe. We deal with, can I pay my bills? And what will people think? You have to look a certain way. Make sure your clothes look like this. Make sure you dress. Sam- no one said, what do you like, motherfucker? You, What's your thing? You what gotta, makes you yeah, happy? Yeah,
0: you have to step out and make that choice for yourself. But a lot of people don't even know how. Well, you got to undo know.
1: being raised. Yeah. Because you're not raised to be happy. You're raised to be safe. safe. And whatever your definition of successful is. And so, yeah, I mean, for us, we're a different generation. We're starting this new thing where we teach our kids to find the thing that they enjoy doing and do the fuck out of it. Yeah. And our parents don't get it.
0: They don't, and they they come, oh, my God, it's so funny when I... When I have conversations with my mom about my daughters, she's like, "Why are you letting them like the makeup thing, right? You know, makeup is a big thing now. Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's a YouTube sensation. They love it. They love going on YouTube and following all these videos and playing in they face all day. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they don't think they're pretty or because they're trying to mask something. Awesome. They're doing it because it's artistic. It's 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 a way of like creating something." From scratch. Right. And my mom, when I first told her that my 16 year old was wearing makeup, she was like, uh uh-uh, uh, what? She don't need no makeup. You got her out here all. Oh, that's what she's trying to be fashion. And I'm like, ma, no, that's not what they do that for anymore. Like, that's no. not what, like, people don't wear makeup because they're trying to be fast. People wear makeup because it's, it's an a art form, a way of creating something.
1: I mean, we got a weird ass world. Like, we were talking, we were walking out the other day, and I said, it's still a habit for me to walk on the outside of the street. But the reason why people, why men used to walk on the outside of the street was because if you were a woman walking on the outside of the street, people thought you were a prostitute. Who the fuck in 2017 thinks a woman walking on the street is a prostitute? Where, where, where the fuck are we living? So that's one of those things that's made up, but it's still in people's minds so heavy that they just, you have to do this. And see, I
0: thought it was for protection. I thought it was so well, that less
1: men will say that to you because it's chivalrous.
0: <laughs> I was like, I thought it's because you don't want if something were to happen, right? Right. And and I always thought about this because I think, I don't know if it was my husband or like an ex-boyfriend that was like, well, I do it because what if, you know, a car comes up on the side of the road? And I said, nigga, it's going to hit both of us. You ain't push the strong enough to bring, you what, not you strong push enough the car to block the car. If something happens, nigga, we both dying.
1: Well, then the other thing <laughs> is, in Chicago, because there's so many alleys, what I'm doing, and this is just logic, what I'm doing if I'm walking on the outside of the street is letting you walk closer to the alley.
0: Which is dangerous
1: Which as is fuck. Which is dangerous as a motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just not a logical thing. It's something that we do. It's habitual and traditional, and we go, it's always been this way. But always been that way don't mean this shit's right. Yeah, yeah, that
0: well, just means this habit. Don't
1: let your... My daughter's 12. She is the makeup artist of the family. She does everybody's eyebrows when they come over. She will make sure that your shit's blended right. She doesn't wear a lot of makeup herself, but she had to play in it. In to order be able to get to do it, it right it for other people. Yes. And for me, if my daughter grows up and she wants to be a makeup artist, or she wants to paint, or she just likes blending color, let your fucking kids enjoy shit without trying to make what they're doing adult.
0: I had a friend uh, named Dominique that did hair for uh, She was 10, mm-hmm. 11. eleven. to do our hair for like prime and everything. And I think about that because today she owns her own salon, right. and she still does that to this day. But back then. You know that could have been considered being fast, right?
1: Because why she's make, doing why she's doing our in hair yeah, all just up do pigtails. T- pig why you can't just get braids?
0: Yeah, oh. and it's like no, this is her passion. This is what she want to do. And right. she was one of the fortunate people to find that identity at a very young age mm-hmm. and stick with it and have parents that encouraged it versus pushing her in a different direction that they thought she should have went
1: in. Now, be, to be real honest with you, my daughter took dance when she was super young, and I remember going to see one of her recitals. She was five years old, and they did. uh A dance to a tap dance to car wash cool ass routine and i remember how much makeup she had on on stage just threw me the fuck i was like what why is she so made up and the lady told me she said these are children you can't really see their faces out in the audience this big makeup came from people being on stage and in theater not from them being promiscuous it has nothing to do with sexuality or being too grown it's so that you can see their facial expressions when they change their faces because their Mm. faces are so small now Soon as she got off stage, she wiped that shit off. But we got to stop associating
0: everything well, we think, with being fast. Yeah, what well, we think well, what what well, we yeah. think, they're thinking. Because I said I forgot what the hell I said to my daughter, but it was something about. She said something about balls, right? Mm-hmm and and i took it in a whole different direction i was like what you the balls and then she was like mom i wasn't even thinking about that now I, am, now I but am but I, I wasn't and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like and it's like sometimes we as parents we throw shit in our chin. they i read i read a book that talked about that when you tell your child don't do this like don't lose your key don't forget to lock the door put it in don't the break that glass don't you know they end up doing it because mm-hmm. you put it in their head now as a seed and they weren't even that direction something in their mind it wasn't even something they was thinking about
1: kids gonna learn man but we we try so hard to keep them from learning the wrong things by teaching them the wrong thing that shit.
0: but how do but how do these lower income areas how how do you do that how do you uh, evolve their way of thinking without for one creating more enemies because i see every time i try to talk to my family whether it's uh about the way that they're raising one of their kids or, you know, my niece, I hate the way that my niece is, re- my, my, my brother is deceased and he has been for um, 13 years now. And his daughter is third. Th- she just made, she'll be 14 this year. And I think about how her mother raises her and how bad she is and how much she lies and just all these, and these are, these are traits that she learned, right. you know, this ain't shit she was born with. And when I try to talk to her mom about it, her mom is just so disconnected from reality mm-hmm. that she thinks she takes it as an attack. Right. It's Like you're attacking me. And I'm like, no, I'm not attacking you. I'm just trying to tell you that the way that you're going about raising her is setting her up for failure. You're setting her up for disappointment and, and a life full of unhappiness.
1: <laughs> you're not saying you're a bad parent. I'm saying you fucking this particular kid up. Yeah.
0: This one, this one right here, you fucking up
1: real bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know because my wife and I were talking about this last night when people try to help, uh, and I don't know, I can't remember the name of the article she read it in, but when people try to help, a lot of times it's because they're narcissistic. They believe they know better than you. And that's the hard part is sometimes you really oh, are healthy. Right. That's the thing. I was like, I don't know about <laughs> like, that. That was my thing. I was like, I don't know if I buy that. But okay. But my reasoning is first of all, you have to care about people, right? That's that's just the thing. We're not gonna get better collectively if we don't care about other each other. People, yeah. So when you see something that you can tell is going to be a problem, we have to address it. Now, when you address it, how you address it is you know, open to interpretation. Yeah. But look, I can't go to the South Side of Chicago and certain areas, because when I say South Side, I want to be clear that South Side in and of itself is not a bad place. But there are absolutely some neighborhoods that could stand some help, mm-hmm. uh, but how do you do that? You can't, hold, you can't take them all out and expose them to a different world, right? But then you also got to find who the fuck is wanting to go down there. Because there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, I ain't going out to the south side to do shit. Yeah. So you got to find people willing to do it, but willing to do it not from that benevolent, you know, I'm a well, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to go and show you the word of the Lord. That might not be what they need.
0: Yeah. They might just they need an understand.
1: example of some other shit yeah. than what they're living. Exposure. Exposure.
0: Because yeah. exposure is what does it, right? When you show a kid something bigger than their world, and, not, and I don't mean, like, on YouTube or videos, because that's still, unten- like, they still can't touch that. That's like TV. Right. But if you take a kid out of their area and put them into a different area, and, and they see bigger homes and bigger people and different people and uh, nicer cars, and, and, I mean, not that all this material shit matters, but when they see things from a different aspect, and they don't see that it's being obtained right. in a negative way, right, through drug dealing or robbing or killing or whatever, if they're seeing it in a different way. They start to think about, they start to ask different questions. And that's really what-
1: That's where it begins. That's where it when begins. they start it's the different, the different questions. questions. Kids learn from playing. And a lot of pe- parents now, especially, are like, I'm gonna give them flashcards and teach them and teach them and teach them and teach them and teach them. That's not how kids learn, at least not early. They learn from playing. They learn from engaging. That goes to what you're saying. That showing them a bunch of uh, young Baby Einstein videos doesn't help them as much as taking them to a museum or taking them yes. to the park I could show my son all the Barack Obama videos I want to show him but if I take him somewhere where he can actually see black people who have accomplished certain things and he goes this is a real tangible person not someone in the, inside my TV not someone inside my daddy's phone this is a real person that I can touch and hear then he goes well why can't I be that person or like that person you can't I take him to see a Hebrew Brantley painting that's one thing I take him to see Hebrew Brantley paint Oh shit! There's an actual guy who looks like me who's doing this. Yeah. And so then he start like you said. Then he can ask me different questions. Well, how did he learn how to paint? Well, where did he go to school for that? what well, does he? What do I need to get to those start? Those questions.
0: Painting? Those questions. And and life should be never ending questions, even mm-hmm. at our age, right? Constantly. I'm t- every
1: time we talk, I'm like, I just read this thing. I just saw <laughs> yeah. this article. I, I get on my own nerves because I can't put my phone down.
0: And after we talk, I go home Googling my ass <laughs> off because I'd be like, what did he mean by this? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, really... Kelly
1: Talks with Monk is really just whatever we talked about last week. Exactly. If Kelly went home and looked <laughs> up. <laughs> I went home and looked up.
0: <laughs> and It's so crazy because I'm at a point in life where I can ask those questions and not feel stupid and not feel like I should have known this or I'm, I'm yeah. not as smart as him because I don't know this. No, we have our own uh, intelligence in different areas.
1: Type you may not
0: know how to fucking wire this building up, but I can because I went. I was the electrician in the military. Man, you know I can, what I mean?
1: But, that, but that's not. I'm not good at commercial. <laughs> i <do> residential.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying, like we just have different areas of <laughs> expertise, yeah, and therefore questions should always continuous in our head about what's next what's what does that mean just like when you said sundown right mm-hmm. i don't know i've never heard that term before that doesn't make me dumb
1: no shout out to goldie taylor because i didn't know that term until she explained to me she lived in east st louis and parts of uh north county in st louis were sundown towns you could live you could live in jennings but if you were caught in this particular area after the sun- lights came on you might not leave that area I'd never heard that until Ferguson. And then I looked up the history, so many sundown towns two miles away from where you lived. So this was de facto uh, prison. You could do anything you wanted to in your neighborhood, get your ass outside of that neighborhood and you might die. Mm -hmm. That's a prison. I don't give a fuck how you could, well, it's more space than most prisons and I'm free inside this space. In prison, I was free inside my space. Right. But I wasn't free to leave that motherfucker. I couldn't
0: walk out the door and I say, I'm going could- to go grab me a burger. I'd be back. Like, no.
1: And there's still places in this country in 2017 where you better not be found after dark.
0: And honestly, after watching 13, I'm noticing that there's 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 institutions where they are constantly taking black men out of the homes and it's creating so much negative uncertainty within the, the women that they're leaving behind, the kids that they're leaving behind, and they're just creating more and more. It's, I, it's a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I was realizing that even in my own life, my parents did not love me. My mom did not care because she was on drugs for a certain part of her life. My dad did not care because he spent more of my childhood with a family that was not even blood related to him. no they were just also victims of circumstances their childhood and, and their parents were victims of their childhood and it's just constant you know victimization you don't have to
1: enslave someone if yeah. get their mind to be enslaved
0: yes and
1: so right now going back to what you said earlier like how do we change this like why would your mom say don't do this because in her mind that space doesn't exist her mind only allows success in this space that's slavery that's Mm -hmm. that's a form of prison in her own mind we have to get we have to first of all break that that there are things that we can't do because we're black you got to break that that that's the beginning is there's literally nothing i can't do and that's the end of the sentence Period. You
0: know what I mean? That's the end. Not if, not, not if, but, not because. Not because not, right. it's it's literally nothing that I can't do. I can do anything I want to do.
1: And, and Barack Obama's presidency was nothing else. And we can we can have another show entirely where we critique anything we want to. We could talk about whether he did this enough or not enough of that. Those questions are legitimate, and we have to ask them as black people. But if nothing else, the most powerful job in this country, what is to be the president of the United States? And I saw a black boy with hair like mine with his black ass wife with a body like a black woman. Yep. And two, they two degrees, black ass two kids. Two blackety black ass kids doing mm-hmm. black ass shit. I saw them in the White House for 8 years. And so I can't say we're not capable. But there's a lot of undoing we have to do. There's a lot of unlearning. And look, even with him doing that, we saw that there were some white people who still weren't happy. So, you know, race relations are going to be what they're going to be. But in order for us to be successful, we have to first get away from this mental slavery that we have ourselves in this mental prison that says we can't because it makes us give up. It makes us join gangs. It makes us commit crimes. It makes us sell drugs. Mm-hmm. I sold drugs because I honestly felt like at the time that was the best way for me to be successful. It was a girlfriend I was dating at the time, shout out to Melinda, for uh, Melinda Smalls looked at me one day and said, why are you doing that? There are so many other things you could do well. And when she said that, it, I didn't immediately change, but it, it planted, planted that seed, seed for to me to start. Question it. Right, and so once I finally stopped, I was like, "Wait, I'm good at shit," and started doing other things. But I had to see that I was capable of something else, and so many of them don't see that you're in a gang because you think that's the only way to be protected or the only way to get credibility or to to, to make sure that your manhood is validated. When you find out there are other ways to validate your manhood without killing motherfuckers and fighting motherfuckers and constantly being at war with people who ain't done shit to you, then you can start to live. But until then, you are in jail already. You know, They don't have to arrest you. Without You're even already your in home, jail.
0: You locked up. You
1: locked up right now.
0: Because we are all capable, and you have to know that, believe that, embody that, and then start to live that and teach that to your children. Thanks, guys, for joining in to Kelly Talks with...
1: Dipset. Oh Dip no, set. I'm felonious monk.
0: <laughs> With the monk, Perfect. we'll see you guys next week. Peace.